0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, I mean, what a season. Uh, What a time we live in. This is... Uh, so unique and so interesting, and I really don't like it. Um, I don't like this weather at all. I'm a, I'm a fall, early fall, and summer guy. I, and I really only like the fall because of football. Other than that, I just really, really, really do not like the cold. But I am also so very grateful that in the year that we've had, um, if we're just looking at since last spring and all the craziness that has that has happened in that last period that last year that period of time, man, oh man, am I so grateful that we've gotten this stuff set up. So I just really have to give a huge shout out to Sarah and Steve and all of their work to make this kind of stuff possible cuz I mean, it's crazy. We're in the negative temperatures right now. This is insane. Um and so I'm just very, very grateful that we can have these hazardous conditions and the Word of God can still reach you in your homes. It can still come to you on your phones um, just because of all they've done. And if you're not able to tune into the live stream, well, guess what? This is going to end up, this is a podcast, so it's going to be on all podcast platforms. We're on all of them. We're on Spotify. I didn't know that till a little bit ago. We are actually on Spotify. You can search Sundown Church on Spotify and find us. So I just, I'm so grateful for the work that Sarah and Steve have done to allow the Word of God to be more accessible to more people. I'm just, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that it's accessible in times like this. They just really do an amazing job. And Jay, um... Also incredibly tech savvy, just doing an amazing job getting a worship playlist together. That's got to be a very, very difficult thing for a worship pastor to do, to remove yourself from the equation, not get to lead, but to seek the Lord on what he's singing over his people and what he would desire for us to sing to him this morning. And then find uh, a good source for that song, um, an appropriate version Uh, That relays the message that he hears from the Lord and then put that out there. That's not an easy task. And Jay does it so well. And I'm so grateful for how he guards our hearts. That we would would hear from the Lord specifically in this time of musical worship. And so I'm just grateful for his pursuit of the Lord. It's it's, it's not changing. He's not ever just uh, putting together a playlist last minute. But he lives in pursuit of God, and in that place, always living in pursuit of God, overflowing, we have the worship that we get to have, and it's so wonderful. So Jay, thank you. Steve, Sarah, thank you so much. You all are so amazing. Um, Zach spoke on dreams this Wednesday, this last Wednesday, and Zach Stevens um, he's for those of you that don't know our children's pastor Melissa Stevens. It is her husband. Uh, they've been going to here, going here for a long time since before she was worship or worship since before she was children's minister. Um, and and Zach's a good close personal friend, and he's he's got great things from the Lord. hears the Lord um, in such a wonderful and beautiful way, and so he's been teaching over the last few weeks on Wednesday nights, and he's got a few more weeks that he's going to teach. Uh, Teach us on Wednesday nights and I'm really excited about that come and tune in But if you haven't gotten to listen to that again, it's also online on any of these platforms I would encourage you to go listen to it because it's a beautiful and really exciting sermon About dreams and life in the spirit. I'm a dreamer If you don't know me very well know it now. I'm a dreamer. If you know me well, you know that I'm a dreamer I dream big dreams and I dream all the time I live dreaming. It's, it's what I do. I'm always dreaming. It's, it's so much of who the Lord has created in me to be. So I loved this lesson because it's something near and dear to my heart. Uh, he used the story of Joseph. And I love this story as well. Because Joseph had, had great and powerful dreams that he would see come to fruition later. Uh, and I love that about dreams too, it doesn't always mean instant gratification, sometimes we just gotta live life and let those dreams come to be, but the Lord is telling us where He's leading us. So I wanna start there, I wanna start in Genesis 37, Genesis 37, we'll be in verse 5, the, the verses are not gonna be up on the, on the screen, on the video that you're watching this morning, um, with the internet. Just not sure of how long it's going to last um, because we don't know what the weather's going to do. We wanted to make sure that this was recorded and uploaded as fast as possible. And that was just going to add um, quite a bit of time uh, to the uploading and getting it ready. And so we just, I just told Sarah, don't worry about it because I want it to be online. So if you're not able to, uh, if you're, not, if you're wondering why you're not seeing it on the screen, that's why it won't show up. None of the verses will. So I'll repeat them so that you can hear them and write them down or go to them and mark them. Uh, but we're in Genesis 37 verse five. This is the story of Joseph. We'll read verse five through 11. Now Joseph had a dream when he had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. and Behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. Excuse me. got to forgive me. I'm a little congested. Um, I don't do well with 80 degree weather one week and negative 6 degree weather the next week. Um, My body is kind of like what's going on. Uh, I don't know what to tell it. But anyways, I'm having a little bit of a hard time breathing super well because my allergies are on the fritz. Uh, So just bear with me. But anyways, back to this. He dreams these dreams. And one, I don't know the reaction he got with the first one. I don't know what he thought was, uh, why he thought it was a good idea to tell his family the second one. But he did. Joseph did. And we're grateful he did because we have it for our record. I think honestly, and I'm hoping, I don't know this, we don't know this, but I'm hoping it was just because they're his family. He wanted them to know. He wanted their input. He wanted them to hear. He loved them. But they, his brothers, really didn't like him. And we know how the story goes. If you don't know how the story goes, read on. Pause it right here and continue reading. But we know that Joseph was then sold into slavery by his brothers. Sold into slavery by his brothers. And they they got blood and stuff all over his jacket that his father had given him, his coat that his father had given him and took it back to his father saying that he he had been killed. He was dead. And so... We know that that's that's the way it went as far as the story that the brothers were, were telling the father. We know that that's the progression of the story for Joseph. He was sold into slavery. But we know it doesn't end there. Turn with me just a few chapters to Genesis 39, verse 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of the house and put him in charge of all that he had from that time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had the lord blessed the egyptian's house for joseph's sake the blessing of the lord was on all that he had in the house and fields. so he left all that he had in joseph's joseph's charge and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate so we, we, are, we are reading fulfillment, the beginning stages of fulfillment of the dreams, right? We know where this story is going, and we'll read that in just a second. But we know that we're, what we're witnessing is the fulfillment of dreams. And if you listened to Randy's sermon, and this is really what blew my mind because I get, to, I get to meet with Randy on Wednesdays and we just get to talk and catch up and 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 talk about what the Lord is doing um, and he, he still mentors me and um, we, were, we were discussing his last Sunday school lesson and where it had come from but this particular phrase and then I get to come and listen to Zach and I see this phrase that I had just discussed that afternoon with Randy I see this phrase again appear in Zach's teaching. now Zach is teaching about dreams and he took this a different way. this is not um, this is not where we're going this is not a repeat of what Zach had taught but I needed to use what the stories that the Lord highlighted through Zach's teaching that illustrated this message. And the phrase that Randy had shared that he had read out of this book and he had shared, Shared it uh, in Sunday school. Was that we are the message, not the messengers. I'll say it again. We are the message, not the messengers. We don't see Joseph telling everyone about his dreams. We don't see him being sold into slavery and telling his slave masters, hey, but listen, I've had this dream. I've had these two dreams where I'm in charge of stuff. And I'm set over things and people are bowing down to me. We don't see that. We see him living, living life in the, some of the really unfortunate circumstances that he was dealt. But we see him living life and the message God had given him in those dreams playing itself out. Now, let's turn to Genesis 41, verse 37. This proposal, please, Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I've set you over the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Just 43, that's all I'm reading. That's good though, this is a good passage but we see joseph we see the dreams fulfilled right and we'll see that continue as his brothers will eventually go to egypt and find themselves before him but we see joseph the message not the messenger the message not the messenger and as zach was teaching the lord just kept reiterating look at joseph he is such a great example of the message not the messenger But we tend as Christians to live as the messengers. And see, here's the thing about living as a messenger. If you live as a messenger, you do not see yourself attached to the message. You are not held accountable to the message. Can't shoot the messenger. And your life is removed from the message that you are bringing. And that's been the issue with the church. Church. Has it not? Because people are seeing us as messengers, not attached to the message we bring. But talking about it as if it affects our everyday life. But unwilling to own it, to hold it, to live it ourselves. That's what they've had an issue with. And see, that would work to be the messenger if that's the way Jesus had lived, if that's who he was. And if this book, if Jesus was a messenger and this book was a book of instruction, then we too could live as messengers. But he wasn't, and this isn't. Jesus came to do what? We know this, we've talked about this several weeks in a row now. He came to reconcile us and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us back to the Father. He restored the connection and the relationship, the possibility of a relationship that was meant to be, It was always meant to be, and was there at the very first moment of mankind's creation in the garden. He reconciled us back to that. He's restoring our identity. He restored our identity as sons and daughters. So, this book cannot be a book of instruction. It can only be a book of identity. And that's really the major break that we see with living as a messenger versus living as the message. This book is a book meant to tell you who you are and not what to do. That's tricky because we look at this for guidance on what to do. That is not what this book is. This book is to tell you who you are. And when you find and know and live in the reality of who you are, the what to do comes very naturally right comes very naturally when we live in the will of god we have freedom in that will of god because we were made for that freedom we exist in the backyard and we can go play we can go do other stuff we can hang out with people we can exist in that will of god but he'll also call to us he'll also give us specific instructions he'll lead us down a specific path but a lot of times as we see with jesus Jesus lived in freedom. But Jesus lived as a message, not as a messenger. What did he tell? What did he constantly speak to those around him? He spoke to them of the Father's heart for them. He spoke to them of who they are. Who they are meant to be. What did he do? When he spoke and asked, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. And what did he do right there? He renamed him. He renamed him. What did he do when he encountered. What did Paul or Saul. What happened when Saul on the road to Damascus encountered Jesus? He renamed him. What happened with Jacob when he was wrestling God after living this lie of betrayal and lies and deception and he wrestles with God? What happens? He renames him. This book is a book of identity. It's meant to tell you who you are. Turn with me now to a popular passage in the last few weeks again 1 Corinthians three sixteen. do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you what was God's great plan here in sending Jesus what was the great plan It was to create a vessel that can carry and reflect his heart and that would go out and live life. Be fruitful and multiply, he says. Have dominion. I have given you dominion over all the earth. He wanted us to go because he knew that he had created a bunch of billions and billions and billions of temples designed to live life housing the presence of God Everywhere they went. Fascinating. But we can't live in that reality if we view ourselves as messengers and not the message. Because the message that we are meant to live is to reflect that heart of God. They are meant to see Him. To see His heart in us. They are meant to see the identity that we carry. This piece of the Father's heart that He has given us. That He calls us. They are meant to see that in our daily life. Just as Joseph lived his life. Everywhere he went, he just lived. As the person God had created him to be. And what would happen? He would be the difference maker for so many different situations. The difference maker. Not because... Of anything special he did simply because he lived as God had called him to live. The message was changing the world around him. Absolutely changing the world around him. So I really started thinking, it's, it's funny how the Lord writes these because you know that I'm on social media a little bit. More for entertainment. Um... Not really. I don't really have a presence myself. I just like to watch some of the stuff and, um, you know, roping videos or or truck videos or something like that. I like watching that stuff. And uh, I came across this interview with a man I don't know who he is. And it wasn't his quote that I'm about to read to you. Um, it was a philosopher's quote, but I can't take credit for it. But he says this. What he said, and this is, this is a non-Christian man talking about the issues he sees in the world today, especially in young, young people. And he talks about how it all goes back to identity. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how people that do not believe in God can see the truth of God? They're seeing it themselves. They don't know it's God. They don't know the answer is found in him and in his heart for them, but they can sure see that something's wrong and they can sure see where it's wrong. Sorry, let me adjust this. There we go. They can sure see where it's wrong. They can see that the major, the the root issue with so much of the problems we see today comes back to identity. And he said this. He quoted this said the issue is here's the quote today i am not what i think i am and i am not who you think i am i am who i think you think i am let me say that again today i am not who i think i am and i am not who you think I am I am who I think you think I am see that is we're living in this perception of a perception of identity and if we were designed to be the message not ever meant to be messengers but always meant to be the message and we're living in this reality of a perception of a perception of of our identity then the message is always changing and the message is always inconsistent and therefore the world around us doesn't want anything to do with us because we're just as chaotic as they are we are just as much in turmoil and disarray as these people searching for truth and identity searching for who they are not knowing where to look not knowing what truth is not knowing who truth is but the ones with the answer have not heard truth or received truth for themselves and we too are living in this perception of a perception of identity i read that and i whoa I heard that quote and I was blown away. And I just got flooded with how many times I changed something about myself because I thought it's what somebody else thought about me. So, so dumb. So foolish. And creates so much confusion as to who I really am. It's this web that now you have to track through, trying to figure out the truth of it all. And without Christ, it's impossible. As we have seen, as we see right now, look at, look at how identity is a, is being so heavily attacked in our children, so heavily attacked. And these kids live in this perception of a perception, but the thing is is they're not being introduced to it. they've been raised in it, because their parents are living in this perception of a perception of identity. That's heartbreaking. But it's so simply fixed. But it has to be fixed in the church. We can no longer live as the messengers. We must live as the message. We must know who God has called us to be and live in that, unwavering from it. The beauty of a lighthouse. It's not that it's a lighthouse when things are easy. The beauty of a lighthouse is that it's a lighthouse when things are hard. When things are, and circumstances are without hope, a lighthouse is still shining that light, guiding people safely to shore. That's the purpose and that's the beauty of a lighthouse. They're really awesome to look at when things are calm. But they give hope when things are not. Things are not calm. But we too cannot be caught in the wind and the waves tossed to and fro. We must find ourselves on the shore as lighthouses. Shining bright. That those prodigals prodigal sons and daughters could see their way home because they're not looking at a bunch of messengers they're looking at those who are the message those that know and believe in fullness of power and authority that they are a temple for the living presence of God and that where they go the presence of God goes with them hear that and receive that just for a second please you are the temple of God. In the presence of God, the living, active, wonderful, miraculous, joy filled, peace filled presence of God lives in you and is meant to overflow out of you that it would consume all of those around you. Amen. Amen. Let us overflow. In that reality, that we are not messengers, we are the message. Let us live as such. It did not require anything of Joseph but simply to breathe in and breathe out, knowing the truth that God had spoken over him. So I'm asking you to do the same. Simply breathe in and breathe out. Live your life. The most basic task, understanding and believing and receiving who God has called you to be. I had this conversation with my son. I don't, I don't really know how we got to this. It's just we have such interesting conversations on the way to and from school. Um, but he said, he, we, we got on the conversation of parts of the, things in our bodies that are controlled by our brain. Actually, I do remember how we got onto this conversation. Um... And it's definitely a five-year-old boys uh, topic. Uh, (coughs) I will not share the details. Um, Boys are gross. Uh, I'll just give you that. But we were talking about involuntary and voluntary brain function. And one of those that we got on was breathing. In and out. You've been breathing this whole time. You've not been thinking about doing it. You've been thinking about other things. You've been doing other things. You've had your mind on things. You've not been thinking about each and every breath, though. You're thinking about it now. Isn't it funny how when we start to think about breathing, all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more difficult? Man, there's a sermon in there. But anyways, that function is so natural. It's not something we have to constantly give attention to do we give attention to it sometimes yes do we have to all the time no because it's so natural it's in the very fiber and inner workings of our life and who we are as created beings as these beings created by God it's something he programmed he hardwired into us guess what he also hardwired into you into your spirit Who he calls you to be. Who he's anointed you to be. It's not meant to be this thing you have to constantly sit there and try and think really hard about. Because we are the message. And this message of God is not a difficult message of God. So he's not given us the task of having this hard duty to fulfill. He's just simply asked us, just live. Be who I've called you to be. It's so simple because you have existed as that. You have existed as what I've called you to be from the beginning of time. You have existed in my heart as this. So I'm only asking you to live as that. Not hard. We make it such. It becomes very difficult though when our our thanking is as a messenger and not as a message. I'm telling you, you are God's temple. You house His presence. And now at first, rewiring this this thinking, I've said this before, it becomes a thousand times a day decision until it isn't. Until it isn't. But at first, it's a thousand times a day. So would you please step into it with me? but make if it's necessary those thousand times a day decision to live as God has called you to live explore it if you don't know a specific name that he's given you ask him press into him let him release it to you he wants us to know who he's called us to be if you're having a hard time finding it call us call me Call Randy. Let's work it out. But God wants you to live as he's called you to live. He wants you to be who he's called you to be. And he wants you to know it. He doesn't want you to live blindly. He wants you to know. And so make those thousand times a day. Make it a thousand times a day. That decision to live as he's called you to live. To be who he's called you to be. Not, not, it's not about doing anything. It's about just being Who he's called you to be. Don't worry about the action of it. Just worry about the being in it. We are human beings not human doings. So let the being come first because the action will follow. I know who God calls me to be and the action follows. I did not find who God had called me to be in the action. Let him release who he's called you to be to you. And choose it over and over and over until one morning you wake up and it's no longer a choice. It's just as simple as breathing in and breathing out. You don't have to think about it. It's just going to happen. I was swept away in that thought as Zach was preaching. We are not messengers We are the message And so many of the issues people have with the church Is because they have found Messengers And not a message I'm not asking you to preach I'm not asking you to go to every street corner And hold a sign Exclaiming What, what you believe And who, who you believe in It's not what it is People do it, it's not effective I'm asking you, and God has asked us to live being who he's called us to be. And everything else will come so beautifully. I cannot tell you how many beautiful and wonderful conversations I get to have with people. How many wonderful, I'm telling you, absolutely beautiful relationships. Dear, dear, dear friends that I have because... I was living life, and God allowed me to be who I was called to be. And in a moment of just simply living life, I met a person. And I got to speak of God with them. Or I just got to work alongside them and not say the name of Jesus one time. But they encountered him. And I know you have those testimonies too. I know you do. And I'm just speaking them to illustrate how simple it is. Just live your life being who God has called you to be. Because you are, you are the message. You are God's grand design. His beautiful and perfect plan to fill you and release you. So be released. Fully being who God has called you to be fully believing who you are in Him, fully receiving the peace of His heart that He has anointed and appointed and set over you. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you are able to stay warm. If you need anything, this I mean, we've got crazy weather, everybody. Crazy weather. If you need anything, please call us. If we can get you help, we will get you help. If you need anything at all, heater goes out, anything like that, let us know so we can try to get people that need help, help. All right, Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the ability to bring this word, even when we can't gather together. Lord, we thank you for technology. We thank you for, oh Lord, we thank you. I especially thank you for Sarah and Steve, mainly Sarah, no offense, Steve. Lord, we just thank you for these two that love to serve this house in a way that no one else could. Lord, we thank you that the word of God that is released here each and every time we gather, that it is now able to be accessed anywhere in the world. We thank you for your truth and for how We can confidently know it will not return void. We just thank you for those that help to spread it, to help to release it, and make it accessible. We just thank you for them. We pray blessing over those two. Thank you, Lord, for them. We just thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you for the messages that are hearing this word today, those that will live as you've called them to live, being who you've called them to be, and the mystery that will create, and the freedom it will release. You are good. You are worthy. Keep us safe. Keep all of us safe um, through this crazy winter weather. And Lord, bring back the heat quickly, please. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See y'all. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.